Well, Pastor, are you ready to sell your building to the city of Liberty Lake? That depends. For the right price and the right terms, maybe. We'll talk about that later. We're not. Listen, I'm going to tell you, when God does it, the ball's, the ball's in your hands. We're not at a disadvantage. We're not being pressured. We are in the driver's seat with Jesus. I'm amazed. Some of the... Looking around on Sunday, I, I don't even know how many visitors we had here on Sunday. Had a tremendous service with Brother Haddon. And uh, I met visitors from another country. Uh, first time ever that they were in this church. And uh, people praying, people getting a fresh touch and a breakthrough. And just, just great things are happening. We're excited. Very, very excited. I'd like to direct your attention for a few minutes tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Thank you for standing with us. have just a few words to say tonight. I only have one page of notes, so you're, you are safe. To all of our visitors here tonight, we are delighted to have you in the house of God. You're in the right place. We feel honored that you're here. Yes, we do. God bless each and every one of you in Jesus' name. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. If there's anybody here tonight that needs a Bible, you don't have one, or you lost it, um, you come and see me. We're going to get you a Bible. It won't cost you anything. We'll make sure you get a Bible. But when you get it, make sure you're bringing it to the house of God. Amen. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 7. The Apostle Paul speaking here. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me. I'm sorry. I didn't pronounce that correctly. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, and persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. 
For when I am weak, then am I strong. This has been working on me for quite some time tonight. We're going to talk about it. I want to talk to us about finishing touches. Finishing touches. Why don't we just lay our Bibles down and lift our voices and pray together that the Holy Ghost would talk to us. Not going to keep you real late tonight. But there's a few things that we do need to talk about. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Wrap your arms around this congregation tonight. And I pray for I pray for revelation and understanding. That's really what's needed here tonight. Revelation and understanding that our predicaments pass through the hands of the Father. That all things work together for good. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is no scripture in the entirety of the Word of God quite like this one. There just isn't. There are lots of scriptures that talk about human suffering. There are lots of scriptures that talk about being afflicted. But there is no scripture in the entirety of the Word of God like this one. The Apostle Paul is almost at the apex of his influence and his ministry. He is approximately 58 years of age. He got saved when he was 30. Uh, depending on which biblical historian you glean from, and I don't say that tongue-in-cheek, but I do say that in reality because commentaries and historians and those that uh, even renowned commentators there are no two that actually seem to agree on everything. And so I'm thankful that I have the Holy Ghost because I have the author of this book already inside me. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an incredible reality. You have, an, you have the author of this book on the inside of you. So after you've read Matthew Henry, after you've read uh, ad nauseum commentators, the Holy Ghost is able to flip on the light and give us the true meaning. And when God gives you the true meaning, oftentimes it's not just in a phrase, but God expands that understanding so that it connects what is before it and what is after it. And that is a true understanding of Scripture. 
I feel like we have that about this particular passage of Scripture. The Apostle Paul is already known as the Apostle to the Gentiles. He is widely respected among believers. He is the father, the spiritual father of entire congregations. He, um, he's already made full proof of his ministry. He is, he is the opposite of a novice. He's already traveled, very well traveled in his missionary journeys and exploits. He has traveled to Galatia, Macedonia, Corinth, Ephesus. He has already been to first and he's already written first and second Thessalonians and been to Thessalonica. He's already been used of God greatly to start some of the most powerful churches that are described here in your Bible, most notably Corinth. He has seen apostolic revival. He has been a part of healing. He has been part of deliverance. He has wrestled with principalities and powers. He has been persecuted for the gospel's sake and placed in jail. He has received immediate revelation, instruction, and visions from God. And he's not yet finished in his ministry here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. But ministerially, he has done it all. He's been there and done that. And yet, this one, this one singular bit of information, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it, and I'm going to share that with you tonight, and of course, that's not very much because my brain's not very good. But God sees some things in Paul. does not like. He sees some things in Paul that need to be dealt with. And the apostle is very transparent here when he says that because of the revelations, because of my giftedness, because of what God has given to me. It did something to my attitude. Reading from our text, the Bible says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. Revelations are good. Understanding is good. Anointing is good. Blessing is good. Being financially blessed is good. And everybody said amen. But lest I should be lifted up by these things. 
there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, this is where, and I don't, I don't, I rarely take a biblical commentator's perspective and bring it to this pulpit. There may be some social conditions, some subjective nuances that I need to bring to help color, but nobody has the revelation of the Word of God like apostolics do. And nobody has a corner on that. All of us have the potentiality of tremendous understanding of this book. The commentators are divided. One man says this was an affliction. Paul had an eye condition, and it got really bad here where he became incredibly myopic. He couldn't see. Others say that he was um, he already had a hunched-over frame, and this was an affliction against his back. Other men have gone completely outside the sphere of, of um, said that he's fighting some kind of other issue, ethical, moral, mental, psychological, spiritual. What we do know is this, is that it was from the devil. That's what he says here. He says that it was a messenger of Satan to buffet me. The word buffet means to strike, to punch, to hit. It's, it's talking about contact. It's talking about, it's talking about making contact. It's not an innuendo. It's not a suggestion or an imagination that is sent or a fiery dart that is shot. It's contact. It's spirit to flesh or demon to human. And he continues with this, and he said, For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Now this is a man that has cast devils out of demons in the name of Jesus. This is a man that has seen people delivered from the power of the devil. Acts chapter 16, a woman spirit filled with the spirit of divination. And Paul swings around and rebukes that spirit in the name of Jesus. And that woman is instantly delivered. To the point that the men that had prostituted her came after Paul and ultimately had him put in prison. This is a man that has seen healing. He prayed for people to be healed. He has prayed for people to be delivered. He has prayed for people to have darkness removed from their eyes so that they can see the glorious gospel of Christ. Yet he is in a situation and God is not going to remove the affliction. That is amazing to me. It's amazing when you study the pedigree and the spiritual accomplishment of this man when this takes place. I just want to say this. It does not matter how long we live for God. It does not matter how long we, we are on this journey. Every single one of us are being processed by God. And we are never going to graduate it until we are in the rapture. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. When you, if you can view this scripture correctly, see the book of Romans is yet to be written. 
This is 2 Corinthians is written anywhere from AD 56 to AD 60. The book of Romans is not yet written. But I believe that he is he is insinuating spiritually through this experience in life that all things work together to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. We can get to the place where we say, I shouldn't have to go through this. I'm a pastor. I shouldn't have to. Is this all right, Brother Anderson? We can get to the place where we say, you know what? I've already fought that devil. I shouldn't have to go. What you need to understand is, is God wants us to make it. God is doing this to process us so people see more of us and less of ourselves. And I know that if God is putting me through something, it's because God sees something that Rick Mayo doesn't see. So therefore, I'm going to get a greater revelation of my sufferings. Instead of whining and complaining, I'm going to rejoice because now that I am weak. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. I want to get a full reward. When I show up on Judgment Day, I don't want anything that's going to debilitate my ability to please God. This puts an entire, I hate, I hate to use the word spin because when the media uses the word spin, it means they're lying. It, it's fabricated. They're trying to get you to see something. When you look at suffering through this perspective, you realize that God is for me. God is not against me. To all of you out there sitting there tonight, if God is working on you and things are happening in your life, you ought to rejoice that God has not thrown in the towel on you. God is not, oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. God sees a greater anointing. God has a greater vision. God has a greater revelation. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. We are so close to the rapture. I know several weeks ago, and I've already mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it on this wide. That my wife's husband was tragically killed in a head-on collision, totally oblivious. When he rolled out of bed early in the morning, put his trousers on, put his socks on, put his shoes on, walked out of the house before anybody else in his house was up. Meeting Jesus that morning. And so I believe to all of our brothers and sisters that have gone on before, this is just me. I'm not making a doctrine out of this. I'm just offering to this to bring some coloration to this. But I believe that there's some people on the other side that would have, had they known what they know now, would have said, God, put me through another trial. God, give me another opportunity. God, I can get a passing grade on that. I've got to have a full reward. I've got to be pleasing in his sight. Somebody help me out tonight. You, 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 you don't know. You might be in a hospital bed a week from now. You, you, you might be standing in the presence of God. I want to be pleasing. I've got to get a passing grade. 
whatever it takes. This is not about being popular. This is not about winning friends. This is about pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, clap your hands and give him praise. You can do it. You've got to change your perspective. One of the things working against us in our culture is this incredible need for creature comforts. And I'm, I'm just like everybody else. We just we get used to a certain standard of living. We get used to, you know, I like one pillow soft and one pillow hard. And if I go into a hotel room and they're both soft, I, I, I don't sleep good. We just get, we just get all adjusted. We, we've got to have our fluffy socks. And we've got to have this. And I'm not putting that down. It's just the way we are. We're, we're designed to be creatures of habit. But I'm just telling you that there is a process that God has. The most famous of all the apostles is not so far down the road of, being, of perfection that God doesn't send a messenger from Satan. And here's a man that prayed. This is a man that shook nations. This is a man that stopped the mouths of lions. This is, a, this is a man that absolutely shook spiritual wickedness in high places. But God said, I'm not taking this away. I am not changing this. This is doing something for you that a blessing can't do. This is doing so. Oh, somebody help me out tonight. Instead of whining and complaining, we ought to say, thank God. It's going to get me more anointing. It's going to get me deeper in prayer. It's going to make me more profitable for the kingdom. Let's praise him. All over the house, let's praise him. God is doing finishing touches on all of us. Your deal is not going to be my deal. But God is doing finishing touches on us. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5 that in reality we all have a garment on. And that garment should be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Spot is talking about a moral situation that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. If you're struggling with something here tonight, God is not sitting there with his arms folded waiting for you to backslide. God is saying, why don't you come to me and I will give you more strength than I gave the devil. And you will overcome that by the power that I give you right in the face of, come on somebody. God is not going to give the devil more power than he's going to give to his children. But he's waiting on us to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find help in time of need. Finishing touches. I don't know what I need. I think I do. But it's not about what I think and what I see and what I feel. There's part of this that needs to be completely relinquished to God so that he can do whatever he wants to do.
this is a prayer request that God does not answer. Oh, he answers it. But he doesn't take it away. This is not Christianity 101. This is mature understanding that everything that God is allowing in my life is processing me to perfect me. says in Philippians 1 and 6, I love this scripture. Listen carefully. Philippians 1 and 6. One of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We can say, well, I'm trying to get a job, or I'm trying to get an education, or I'm trying to get a husband, or I'm trying to get a wife, or I'm trying to get this, or I'm trying to get that. God's on a whole nother wavelength saying, I am perfecting you so that when we see one another, it is with gladness. It's not with sadness. We will rejoice together. We will rejoice together. We will celebrate together. I will say, well done. He wants to say, well done. When I was a new convert, now I'm an old convert. I know I jump around like I'm 30 years old, but I go home and I'm I'm hurting. This scripture right here, could you put it back up there, please, Brother Anthony? Being confident of this very thing. God is not going to give up on you. And in this day, in this hour, there's people coming into Cornerstone from all kinds of different backgrounds. They have all kinds of different understanding levels. They have all kinds of different situations that are under the surface that nobody knows, nobody even sees except God. And the devil has exploited those things to bring them to the condition or the shape they're in before they found God. But when you find God, God doesn't take away everything at at first. In the book of Deuteronomy, God told Moses, he said, you're going to take the land little by little. You're going to drive the enemy out little by little, lest you have this huge plot of land and no way to cultivate it. No way to defend it. God said, it's already yours. I've already promised to you. God's already got an anointing for you. God's already got a ministry for you. God's already got your husband planned out. God's already got your wife planned out. He's waiting for you to get going and drive out the enemy and extend your borders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. I think it's good. You know, I get, and I'm not, I'm not making light of you tonight at all. I'm just making a statement as a pastor. I get text messages, emails, phone calls every day. Pastor, why is this happening? I don't know. Please don't tell me that because that's the same answer I have. 
I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. Why don't we pray? With some people, and I don't mean this sarcastically, that's almost a novel idea. I think, I think the entirety of being in the 21st century, if we're not careful, we'll be too caught up with how I feel, which means I need messages to help me feel better instead of me getting closer to Jesus. When I got saved in the 80s, and I know I don't look that old, but I am, I was raised in a church that was relational. And that's really my dream for Cornerstone is that we would have a relationship with Jesus. A relationship at home, a relationship with your family, a relationship at work, a relationship when no one's around. Come on, I'm preaching right now. My voice isn't raised, but I'm still preaching. A relationship with God where you love God. You don't want to harm that relationship. You want more God. You want more relationship. You want to be closer to God. I think that we're in a dangerous era in, in Pentecost even today where people are saying, I need something to help me with my depression, and I need to, and I'm not making light of you tonight, but I'm telling you, if you'll get closer to, the, closer to Jesus Christ, he's got the answer for depression. If you get answer, closer to God, he's got the answer to the spirit of fear. If you get closer to God, he's got the answer for the complexities of a dysfunctional family. Oh, Jesus, we need you. We love you. We praise you. Let's give him glory tonight. If you get closer to God, you'll get it all. You'll get it all. You'll get it all. God sees things in me that I don't see. And so everything, the span of my life, is rapidly approaching the end. Honey, don't talk like that. Right now I've got the microphone and she doesn't. It's very, very likely that I could go see Jesus before she does because I'm nine years older than she is. And I know just what some of you are thinking, so quit. That I look younger. But it's not true. But I'm going to tell you what the reality is. I, Elder Sergeant, I don't want to get on the other side and see that there was a little stain on my, on my wedding garment that I didn't see because I was too caught up with something. And, and, and this isn't some admission of guilt or some nothing like that. But what I'm saying is when you get on the other side, there's no more second chances. We can't go back and hear another message. I can't find an altar. I can't go back. No, I've got to do it now. I've got to get serious now. I've got to say, God, extract everything out of me now. I want to go to heaven. I want I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Whatever it takes. One of the drawbacks of youthful thinking is they don't think in these terms. They think, I got years, I got a long time, I got decades. I'm going to tell you, no man knows the day or the hour. 
But all I need to do is look in the mirror to get a constant reminder that my day's coming. And I want to be pleasing. It doesn't matter that God sent Sister Mayo and I here 25 years ago and God helped us do this and God blessed us to do this and God blessed us to do that and we've got a few things to show for our effort. That's not going to help you on Judgment Day. What's going, to ha- what's going to help me on Judgment Day is some trial or some situation where it drives me into the presence of God and I see myself from an elevated view and I say, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I don't want that and I don't need that and I don't want that and I don't want to be that. Thank you, Jesus. And we finally get the revelation that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Clap your hands and give him praise. Finishing touches. Finishing touches. Book of Galatians. The Apostle Paul understood this. When he writes in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse number 19, he said this, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. They already had the Holy Ghost. They already baptized in Jesus' name. They were already regenerated. But they had imperfect character. They had imperfect development. See, Jesus, it's, all of this is divine design. The fact that he was the carpenter's son working in the shop with his dad. All right, we're going to, we got to remove a wall here so we can put a better wall. We need to remove this beam here because we need to replace the foundation. Hand me that. Give me this. Hand me that. When Jesus moves on the inside of our life, he goes to work. I know this is elementary, but some of us are caught off guard with the things that happen to us. Pastor, the devil's attacking me. Did it ever dawn on you that God is allowing the devil to attack you, not to let the devil win, but to provoke something in you where you come alive? And when you come alive and come boldly to the throne of grace, God's going to say, I'm going to give you more power than I gave the devil, and you're going to whip him all over creation. I just wanted to get you on fire. I just had to get your attention. I just tried to have you get into the throne room where you belong. Oh, clap your hands and give God the praise. Christ being formed in you is where the Holy Ghost that you receive begins to convert experiences and faith and trust and confidence and begins to convert all of the things that are in you and converts them into the character of Jesus Christ. And that only happens through a process of time. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name, and being filled with the Holy Ghost is the beginning of this process of you becoming a magnificent, beautiful vessel. Let's lift our hands. I'm almost done, I promise. But God, help me to interpret these things correctly. Because I want to be what you want me to be. I want to see what you want me to see. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to 
It's you I have to please. It's you I want to, I want to make happy. Come on, let's pray a little bit longer. how this works. Some of us need to get to the place of realizing or thinking that I've already messed up and there's nothing God can do. I beg to differ. Brother Anthony, would you go to Jeremiah chapter number 18? This is, this is a revelation of the king's ministry, Jeremiah. Just like Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, the same thing is present with him. And just like Ezekiel saw the great structure that rolled in with wheels and side of wheels at the river Chebar in Ezekiel 3, Jeremiah, all the major prophets had a revelation and a vision of God that changed their ministry. And this changed Jeremiah. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, verse 2, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will call, cause thee to hear my words. Verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. Verse 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. It became unusable in its present condition. It became ruined in the hands of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Next verse. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Whoever you are tonight and wherever you are, God is not going to give up on your mess. He's going to make another vessel. God's able to make another vessel. God's able to use you. With God, nothing is wasted. Your past is not wasted. Your present is not wasted. Your future will not be wasted. Lift your hands, clap your hands, and give God the praise. God is doing finishing touches on every single life that's in the church. wasn't for the prodigal son going out and messing up, it would never have exposed how bad off the older son was. The older son was completely unaware of how bad off he was. Raised in a house of privilege, raised with the inheritance being the eldest son, but did not even comprehend the joy of celebrating the return of his brother. He was so bad off, he did not even comprehend, but unless his brother had backslid. He would never have got that revelation so the father could come out and talk to him and give him an opportunity to repent and get that lousy spirit off of him. We think we're fine. 
It's not what other people think about me that I'm, I'm, even, I'm 65. I don't care anymore. And that's not an opportunity. That is not the equivalent of being rude or an excuse to be rude or casual or unkind or foolish. No, 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 no. Far be it. I want to go out of here with flying colors. I want to go out of here with a, with a passing grade. I want to go out of here with a 4.0. I want to go out of here pleasing God, shutting down the devil, lifting up the kingdom of God, pulling people out of the fire, praying down heaven. Come on, somebody. You can go out of here and take out the enemy like Samson did. Pastor, your ministry is a little different on Wednesdays. You want to know why? Because great churches are great because of teaching, not preaching. And I, as a pastor, my last few remaining days, I want to make sure that we're putting something into people, teaching, instructing, so that you have iron in your gut. Hey, you remember that Wednesday night where Pastor talked about that finishing touches. Man, I feel like God's doing something in my life. Every time teaching comes forth, it's like a nail in a sure place that when the experience of life hit, you can hang on to that. You can hang on to it and realize God's going to see me through. He that has begun a good work in me. Christ is being formed in me. I heard the story years ago. I've told this story before, but I'm going to finish with this tonight. Heard the story of a, a famous apostolic missionary that was coming back to the States for deputation. And he wanted to bring back some representation of his country, a beautiful piece to bring back and show as he traveled, he would have an item to show from the country where he was a missionary. And he went into a potter's house shop and looked at all the, all the vessels, pottery, lying the wall, and they were all the same color. And so he's looking for an unusual shape, maybe a little bit different in design, way up on the top, way out of reach was a piece of pottery that had brilliant purple and burgundy streaks through it. It was unlike any of the other pieces of pottery. And he knew the native language, and he said, that one up there, how much? And the shop owner said, no, not that one, not for sale. He said, well, you know, I'm ready to go to America, and I really would like to have that piece of pottery to take with me and show the Americans something from this country. The shop owner said, no, not for sale. He said, why not? He said, because that came from a piece of clay that I could not work with. And so I put it outside and allowed the sun to extract the moisture and 
when it was ready, I put it on the wheels and it was obdurate. It resisted my hands. And it wasn't like the other clay. It had impurities in it. And he said, I finally got it to where I could work it on the wheels. And if you know anything about ancient workers of clay, the wheels, they operate it with a foot. And, and it spins a wheel so that the potter can put his hands and his fingers and begin to work with the clay. And he said, there was a thorn in there that I did not know was in the clay. And he said, all those streaks of burgundy and red, various hues, he said, that's my blood that is running throughout that piece of pottery. It is the only piece in my shop that is not for sale. Let's stand. Finishing touches. Let's lift our hands. Somebody here tonight, be of good cheer. Walk through your valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, for God is with you. But he's processing you for more. A greater vision, a greater revelation, more anointing. Paul had already thundered through Thessalonica and Galatia and Corinth, but he was facing Ephesus, which was the gem of Asia Minor and would be the birthplace of all the daughter works that are enumerated of the seven churches of Asia Minor. Let's lift our hands. God sent me here tonight to tell somebody it's just finishing touches. This altar is open. Why don't we come and pray? Find a place of appreciating God's process. Every trial, I will rather rejoice than over every tribulation, infirmity, trial. We're so blessed. But God has to get creative in America to process us because we're so blessed. Let's pray.
Ghost is here to give us understanding that God is behind this to bring about greatness, to get to the next level, to get to the next place. Let's praise Him. Let's love Him. Why don't you lean over, if it's appropriate, brother to brother and sister to sister. Let's pray one for another. You may never know the real trial and tribulation and infirmity that's at work in a person's life. That just the touch and the prayer, he that has begun a good work will continue it. God is going to continue this in the short lifespan that we all share. Yalabahataya. 